everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Tonight's episode is called The Lone Star Obsession, which is an update episode. The original is called, wait for it. Oh. Obsession in the Lone Star State. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad. It keeps it in the same realm. Why even bother them? And I say this with love and appreciation of Dateline. Why even bother changing the title at all then? It, it differentiates it enough. I think they have to for their like metadata purposes. I'm not kidding. I think it like comes down to they can't have something labeled the same. The reason I know that's false is because there's at least two episodes called Poison, at least three episodes called Obsessed or Obsession. I would like it on the record that I tried to defend <laughs> them and that you shot me down. Your honor, can that be entered into the record? I think it's like faith, parentheses, 1997. Like they put the year. Give you, yeah, freedom, 1990. Freedom, 1990. I don't, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was just changing it. I was changing it up. I'm glad you went with George Michael, though. That made me really happy. Okay. Except I totally picked the wrong song. Dunk, 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 dunk. I knew there was a thing. This episode aired October 8th, 2020, season 24. Nine, episode five. Okay. Seriously, the last week was four. Is it? Because there wasn't a Monday. Because I wrote that in the record. And when we put it on our thing, it's official. It's not. <laughs> it's not. We could still change it, right? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I'm just going by my DVR at this point because they have stopped putting it out on Google for some reason. Because they don't know. Because they're confused themselves. Google's confused as well. Yeah. I mean, imagine how we feel. Yeah, if they're confused, if Goog is confused, and and Ask Jeeves is confused, then everyone's confused. If you can't give it a Bing because Bing doesn't know what's happening, could we make it? Can if you can't give it a Bing Crosby, Malakaliki Maka is the thing to say. No, what a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. No, no, no. Okay, I'm, v- I'm vetoing that right now. So, had you seen the original? Had you seen Obsession in the Lone Star State? Yes. Oh, okay. So this is not news to you. But I still enjoyed it. I have some outside information that might be new to you. Okay. Okay. So this happened in 2012 in Lubbock, Texas with Dr. Joe Sonier. S-O-N-N-I-E-R. Sonier. 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 It's very fancy. Sonier. Like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like that to be my last name. Yeah. Katie Sonier. Yeah. It's good, right? Yes. Yeah. Two landscapers open this episode and look, she has come straight from the salon. Like her, she has flowing locks that are shiny and gray and curled perfectly, like appropriate for the dateline. Like, yeah, I don't go outside, but if I do for five seconds, let alone if I were to be landscape, maybe she's the landscape designer artist or something, or maybe she gets down in the dirt. Whatever. I was highly impressed with her. That's all I'm going to say. She's got like prose style hair. She has prose style Good hair. hair. Yes. But also, I just want to make a note. She did her hair for Dateline. I don't, I think that if you picture her showing up to the house on July 11th, 2012, I don't think this is what she looked like. I think she does, she, except that it would be pulled back in a low pony and that she has a really cute straw hat on. Yeah, because she's going to be outside and they're going to be drawing up schemes and organizing and working out where the rock garden is going, the koi pond. So they find her and her partner. Sure. Husband, son, nephew. 
uncle, a gentleman that's with her partner. I couldn't tell his age. I couldn't really tell her age either. They were both ageless. So yeah. Keep going. So they find a broken window at Dr. Sonia's house, Sonia, and a Gatorade bottle and a shell casing. And they go, they proceed in, well, what the man does, and they find him, Dr. Sonia, in the garage dead. And Oof. it appears that the bottle, the Gatorade bottle, the bottom of it has been blown out like it was used as a silencer. And this is a case of overkill. Joe Sonier has been stabbed 11 times and shot five times. What the F? That's too many times. Joe's close circle that is being interviewed, I was fascinated. Yeah, I'll bet. Wanted a spinoff. Yep. They would fit very well with Mrs. Deborah Tipton. One of them would. One of them was so bougie, Southern, dapper AF. And his name is Philip Prestwood. Is that his name? It's the name he is bequeathed upon himself. He's using it for this episode, but is that actually his name? I don't know. So I think if you're given a name like Philip Prestwood, which now we know a Jackson Preston. Yeah. And I feel like you're either going to lean into that name with everything you've got, hence the outfit that we see in the state line. Yes. Or you rebel. And you are going by what, Philip? You're going by Phil or you're, you're going by PJ or like initials or something. And then you maybe have had a lot of different colors of hair and some piercings. Right. Possible neck tattoo. He is leaned in hard. Yeah. Because he's wearing a full dapper jacket with a hanky combo with the it's it's he's like wearing he's, a houndstooth print, a houndstooth plaid print suit, full suit, pants match the jacket. Also, the way he talks, every line is delivered like he is the bad guy in a college comedy and he work he is the um head boy at the A-hole frat next door, the rich guy frat, obsessed. I want him to be my friend. He could also work at corporate any corporate just yeah. he's that guy at corporate and you're not surprised when he keeps getting promoted you're like but okay. you know when there's like a frat that's like about to go under and they're being sabotaged by the rich guy frat next door he's the head of the rich guy frat and he saunters over and he picks up a red solo cup that's on your lawn and he like crushes it yeah crushes it or something because yeah. he only drinks imported beers and he only drinks champagne yeah do you think that he has trouble meeting people no I don't think so. I think he fits in very well in Texas. Okay. I forget that Texas has this kind of society and we're not like, they don't delve into it. Like Lubbock, the area that we're in is a very affluent area and they go into it a little bit in the 2020 on this. Sorry. I know I shouldn't compare and contrast, but they do. Yes. Yes. But, but I think that that's kind of important. I had such a delayed reaction. I was like, oh shoot. I host a podcast about Dateline. I got actually shocked. I wonder if we can find a K-Scandalique or a K-Scandalote or do one that we can insert whenever you say that, that maybe has like dramatic music behind it. Adam, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Let me know. K-Scandalote. So we have Philip Presswood. We have Dallas Sonier. There we go. Who's Joe's son. Can I say he's super hot even though he's grieving? Is that appropriate? I feel very bad for him. He's married. He's good looking. 
He has children's. I know. Still. He's off the market. Still. Oh, I'm glad you thought so. Okay. Good good for you. Joe's sister. Missy. Missy Bartlett. So there's another one of those names. Missy's a little bit like Tipton, right? Although I do call you Missy quite a bit. You do? So there's that. Yeah. I call you Missy Kimberly. Joe was about to retire and spend more time with his grandkids. In 2001, his wife, this is Dallas's mother, had left him for another man. He was at this point in his late 40s and the three kids were in college. So he has the most successful midlife crisis I've ever seen. Much more than when my dad bleached his tips and got an earring and drove a convertible. If you don't put up a picture, it didn't happen. Oh, I have a picture. Let's do that. It's actually not even his tips. It's literally the whole head, like Bart Simpson. Is he going to tell people it's not him, though? I feel like he's going to deny. No, he'll brag. And so he'll post it himself on Instagram and go, didn't I look cool? Yeah, he still thinks he looks cool. Okay. But Joe, Dr. Sonia, he dressed himself up. He took up ballroom dancing and he made a whole new group of friends and girlfriends dancing ballroom. I loved it. So it's at this point that I need to interject that Mr. Sonia, Dr. Sonia, Joe, is an extremely good looking older man to me. Yeah. He has like very stylish black, they're sort of thicker glasses, but they're like a flat across the top brim. And it's like the perfect compliment to a bald head. He has a huge white, perfect smile. And then he seems very tall. I would say for any man, period, any age, he's attractive. Yes. Yeah. So he's a catch when he hits the ballroom dancing scene. Oh, yeah. And a doctor. I'm sorry, not even a doctor. The head of cardiology. Oh, yeah. So a multimillionaire. Let's be honest. Okay. So he starts dating his dancing instructor for a while. She seemed lovely. I got a good vibe from her. Trish? Trish. Anybody named Trish that does ballroom dancing is probably fine. Probably fine. Trishelle, not so sure about. Oh, interesting to say. The one from the real world kind of gave you guys a bad rap. I remember about that. I'm sure she's matured a lot. Actually, I feel like she's on another reality show. Jody was talking about it. She happens to be friends with a girl who got married at first sight on Married at First Sight. So she's like on the outskirts. Sorry, Trishel is like very, very attractive, right? With sort of the long wavy hair. Yeah, okay. And I had some her. fun times in a hot tub in Vegas. No shame. Who hasn't? Yeah. Well, it wasn't a grotto. So there you go. Yeah. So no shame. She said he was a gentleman through and through, like one of the only ones left. It just... Or that's maybe what Andrea said. (laughs) Andrea was impressed by the fact that he was a gentleman. I buy it. Which I'd like to know, which men out there are not treating Andrea like gentlemen? Because there's two ladies here who would like to have a word with you. 90% of her interviews. That's true. The murderers. I feel like they're even, they try to be respectful, except for a couple, like the one I'm thinking of. I mean, can you imagine the garbage that Andrea's had to deal with in her career looking like Andrea Canning does? I bet... Man, she is, go Andrea. Yeah, I'm thinking of Leon. He was had attitude. Leon. The guy who planned the hit at the Olive Garden. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a doctor too, but he turned out to be more of a fake doctor. Okay, so that's the difference between these two doctors. We have like a Prada doctor and a J. Crew nautical collection doctor in Leon because Leon kept getting his license revoked. So that's what happens. Yeah. So she said they would dance all the time. They would dance in the middle of stores. Anywhere they played music, they would dance. It's kind of cute. He was dancing six days a week at this point. They broke up eventually, but I think they stayed fairly good terms. We'll get to that later. 
in 2011, he met Rochelle Satina, and they fell in love. They were together about a year when he was murdered. What's crazier than this nice doctor being murdered is that his first wife, Dallas's mom, the one who left Dr. Sonier for another man, Mm -hmm. was also murdered Mm -hmm. by this other man that she left him for. And that was two years almost to the date before Dr. Sonia was murdered. I'm sad for Dallas. Those children, I cannot even imagine what they went through. Both of their parents were murdered. Yeah, he's the only one we meet. And I read a bunch of articles with him and he's very much like the statistics of this happening are like... Astronomical. Right. Both your parents being murdered, totally unrelated to each other. That's insane. Two years apart. I can't. What are the odds? I can't. No odds. The, the odds in Vegas are astronomical. Yeah. So Rochelle is distraught about Dr. Sonia. She says he's the love of her life and the kindest man ever. She said there have been some weird things happening lately. Someone was following her outside her gym. And one night at Joe's house, Joe and her both saw a flash in the backyard, like a camera flash go off. She thought if anyone had an axe to grind, maybe her ex-boyfriend, Mike Dixon, a plastic surgeon, because she only dates doctors, I think. I really think she only dates doctors. So he's a plastic surgeon that she met when she was getting some Botox. No shame in that game. If anyone wants to treat me for some, I am. I will accept. She said it was a spa day where she went and got Botox. So is this a day where they give out like free samples? Free samples. They used to have those Botox parties. I don't know if they, that's a thing anymore. Yeah, I feel like that's dangerous. I feel like that's just somebody out of their Oldsmobile. You can't be doing you can't be doing that with like a hatchback. Come on, step right up. Who's next? Come on up, little miss. Oh, that forehead. Oh boy, those frown lines. Let's turn that frown upside down. So the, he she said their relationship was bad. It was volatile and he was mean. But her biggest complaint appears to be that he had signed her up for a tea of the month club. And she tries to make it sound like this is not the reason they broke up. But the fact that she brings it up to the cops tells me that it was pretty important to her. And she says, I mean, he didn't even hand me anything. I think it's the last straw in a long line of straws is what I sort of gathered from it. Let me be real here for a second. It's a terrible gift. That's a that's a terrible gift. I thought it seemed cute. If they know you drink tea. But is it the kind of thing where she drinks tea once in a while? It's a very, like, easy gift to really quick go online. I understand her point. He didn't actually take the time to go to a store to pick something out specifically for her. What if she drinks tea every day and that's her special moment and these are fancy teas from all over, different kinds so she can taste different, you know? Oh, I highly doubt she does. It just didn't seem great. And it seemed like also she was so disappointed in it because she doesn't drink tea. I don't mind. Maybe my standards are lower, but I think it's a sweet gift. I don't think everything has to cost a lot of money. I think she wanted a really nice gift from him because he's a doctor. But No, you're walking a really fine line here. Here's the thing. I have some outside information on this. She sued a news, she sued a news outlet because they did a story doing the same thing that you keep trying to say right now, which is that maybe she was a gold digger because she only dated doctors, which is not the case with her at all. Her story is actually very different. And I made the mistake once 
by judging a woman that made knit objects harshly. And I shan't again, and I shall stop you from making this same mistake because she sued them because it was so egregious what they were saying in these articles, calling her like and saying she didn't like the tea because she's very clearly used to getting extremely expensive gifts from men, which she said is not the case at all. They'd also been dating a year and a half when he got her the tea thing. Yeah, it still doesn't bother me as a gift. And now I'm thinking different things about her, the fact that she sued them. Okay. But I will say... It's a terrible gift. I really don't think it is. Look, if someone got me a soy sauce of the month club or a diet soda of the month club... You love those things. She clearly doesn't like tea. But you don't know that. Neither of us know that. You're assuming that, and I'm assuming not that. But neither of us really know. Okay. Do you see the difference between picking out something for someone in a store and especially it being a significant other or the difference between them just going online really quick and getting you a gift card? Let me put it this way. Oliver apologizes profusely if he gets me a gift card. I have to make him do it because I, that's what I want. Because he's like, I can't just get you something. I can't just do that. I got to go get something for you. It's a thing. It is actually a, a, a thing for real. Yes, but this is not a gift card. This is, let's assume... Best case scenario, Mm -hmm. she loves tea, drinks it every day. Yeah. There's no part of you that thinks that this is kind of a thoughtful gift? Probably is a little weird to mention it on national television. Probably should have kept that to yourself because it does make you seem out of touch, even if there's other circumstances surrounding it. Well, she didn't tell us. She told the police. But then Dateline told us. Right. But that wasn't her choice. Oh, so she didn't actually tell us. Correct. She doesn't ever appear on Dateline. We're only seeing her through her interviews. with. She told the police this the day that her current boyfriend died? Yes. Wow. You say weird things. (laughs) That's a weird (laughs) thing to say. It's weird. It does make her look like she wanted a better gift. It does. The reason is because you are trying to paint this man as a possible suspect in killing the love of your life. And she says he was mean-spirited, Our relationship was volatile. Those are good things that point to him being a murderer. He Mm. didn't get you a thoughtful gift. He didn't even hand you anything, for God's sake. But that was the question. That was the question to why did you break up? And I think they broke up shortly after the tea. That's fair. Does it seem like she liked him very much? It seemed like they had fun at first and then he was a bummer. Well, there's more to that, too, which we will get to. There's more to that relationship, too. Yes, we will. But I do want to say, if you have someone that is hard to shop for in your life, someone who might break up with you over a tea of the month club, UncommonGoods.com has the most unique gifts you can find online. How excited are you about Uncommon Goods, Katie? Thrilled. Very well aware with Uncommon Goods. And they have not only some Uncommon Goods, but some really good, 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 good Uncommon Goods. So what would those be? Quadruple good. Quadruple good uncommonly good goods uncommonly goods uncommonly goods squared squared again so perfect for holiday gifts for the whole family they have art they have jewelry they have home and kitchen goods they have kids gifts i put seven or eight things in my cart right now that's it katie might be on their website right now shopping it's so fun to look at you guys they have the coolest stuff i'm probably going to buy presents for my whole family. And I'm definitely treating myself with some things. There's like this murder mystery puzzle book that I thought would be fun to do with the family, like an escape room without leaving the house. And then I saw like 10 candles that I need. 
And then the other things I can't say in case one of my family members decides to listen to this podcast besides my mother. But I found some really cool stuff. The best part is that with Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and you're supporting small independent businesses. And the other best part, there are two best parts, that's how awesome Uncommon Goods is, is that with every purchase you make, they give back a dollar to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2 million to date. Fantastic company. Well worth supporting. Just like yeah. pumped. Yeah. If you can't tell, Katie and Kimberly, extremely excited right extremely now. Extremely excited. To get 15% off your first gift, go to uncommongoods.com forward slash date dateline. That's uncommongoods.com forward slash date dateline for 15% off for a limited time only. So go now. Go to their website. I promise you'll find something unique that you will absolutely love for you or your partner, and it will probably save your relationship. Maybe not save, but it won't end it like the Tea of the Month Club. I'm sure that Uncommon Goods does not have Tea of the Month Club as a option, but I guarantee you they have some really good teapots. Yes. Some really cool tea sets. So check them out, guys, because they are uncommonly good. Nailed it. First try. Simple. First To the one. point. Right. Beautiful. We don't need more than that. It's that good. It's classy and classic. We are neither of those things, but our ads <laughs> sometimes are. So Rochelle and Mike break up and he wanted her back, but he knew that she was dating Joe. So police go to him. The detective says he seemed nice. I want to state that Kimberly got a bad feeling. He's recorded. I don't know if he's involved. I did not like the sound of his voice. It gave me the willies. It sounds like a guy who might have a ventriloquist dummy that's named Mr. Gibbers. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike Dixon says he was married, but he fell for Rochelle. They had an affair. And from his perspective, she didn't seem to have a problem with the fact that he was married. So that adds a whole nother level to the tea thing and to whether or not she really liked him. I don't know what that level is, but I just feel like it, it kind of muddies it. It makes it a little messier. That's very strange because according to her, he was definitely not married. I think that it's possible, if I'm on her side, that Dr. Dixon was not honest about the fact that he was married. Oh, honest with her. Mm-hmm. So she thought that that's possible. And he's telling police she was fine with it when in reality she didn't know. That's possible. Or didn't know until later. Right. According to him, when he broke up with his wife, she wanted to get married right away. But he, even though he was head over heels for her, didn't want to jump right into marriage again. And that was part of the reason why they broke up. Okay. It's a, definitely a he said, she said situation. It really is. Yeah. yeah. So and we'll probably never know the truth. And it's probably some version of both of those things. He said she was affectionate and appreciative. I found that so fascinating that the words he described her as was appreciative because he felt like his wife didn't appreciate him. But from what we're hearing about the tea of the month club, she was very much unappreciative. And it sounds like also one of the reasons they broke up is because he yelled at her for being ungrateful about the tea of the month club. So me thinks he has a, that's his Achilles heel. 
is not feeling appreciated. Am I going to get yelled at online? Is the tea of the month club like something that is European and imported and really, really fancy? And I'm just too dumb to know that. No, no, no. On Twitter, 90% of people thought it was a bad gift. Okay. 10% thought it was a good gift, a sweet do those, gift. Do those 10% like tea? I don't think it was about the fact they like tea, no, because I don't like tea. I've never, I never, ever drink tea. If I did, I would think it was a personal sweet gift. Okay. But maybe I'm... I don't think you are. I'm not easy to please with gift, so... Hence why I have a box of things here for you that I'm scared to give you. So <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry. I'm very hard to shop for. Terrified. And yeah, the two people in my life that are impossible to shop for, you and that guy that I live with, that I married. It's great. You can buy him clothes, though. You just no, can't I can't. Him. He doesn't let me... He buys his own clothes. Mm, and yeah, it's... it's a disaster. Yeah, go ahead. So he has a new girlfriend now, Mike Dixon, and she's at the house the night the police go over. And he's saying to the police, I'll be honest with you, I love, love, loved that woman. I fell head over heels. I made a lot of life changes for her. The new girlfriend? No, Rochelle. I feel like you shouldn't be saying this when you have a new girlfriend. I wrote, don't say that with the new girl there. How new is the new girlfriend? I'm... I don't know. Maybe she was in the other room getting interviewed by another detective. I've forgotten about the new girlfriend until this minute. So if we could circle back to her in a little bit, I'd love to do that because I have some questions. Absolutely. (laughs) So Mike had been with his new girlfriend and a friend, Dave Shepard, the night before. Now, the police contact Dave Shepard, who says to the cops, you are wasting your time. Mike Dixon is the greatest guy. I was at his house buying cigars. He didn't have anything to do with this. Rochelle also mentioned a weird letter that she got before Joe died from a woman named Tina. Apparently, he had met this woman online and was having sex with her for money. The letter said that Joe had stopped paying her like they had some sort of deal and he wasn't keeping up his end. And it says that he had the same deal with another girl, too, and that he's a blankety blank. The cursive looked to me like a sixth grader who was learning cursive a little bit. I have a couple of questions. Does Tina have access to a printer? This maybe should have been on a computer just at the library. They have printers and and computers. Or does she have email on her phone? Because I feel like this should have come in an email. The handwritten letter part of this in 2012 is weird. Was the point of the handwritten letter to prove that she was a girl? Winner, winner. You might have it there. I think I might. Okay, good. So this Tina is mad and she is telling Rochelle to get back at Dr. Sonia. By doing what? To tell Rochelle to break them up, to get even with Dr. Joe Sonia for not paying for her anymore. And apparently she's going to get kicked out of her apartment now because he didn't keep up his end of the bargain. And he didn't buy her a printer. And no printer. Yep. Or maybe printer, no toner. He should have bought her a toner of the month club. That would be the best gift in the history of... Kimberly, if they had that, I would get that for you. Because how awesome would that be? Who doesn't need a constant lifetime supply of toner? I'll be honest. I have had two reserve boxes for a minute because one day I was feeling flush. I don't remember. This was months ago when I don't know what had happened, but I was like, I'm getting three. I'm getting three. And I've had two. I have worked through them since then. 
and my last one is in the printer right now, and I am sweating about it. You've gone through that many cartridges in a couple months? I do. I print a lot of stuff. You must print a lot of stuff. See, one lasts me a while, but what I print, I print like online transfers and stuff that uses a lot of ink. A lot of ink, yeah. I print, sometimes I print artwork to do stencils out of, and that's a nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a great gift. That's something that someone needs. Such a good gift. So... Rochelle asked Joe, and he says he knew nothing about it. He doesn't know a Tina. He's never paid for sex. That's what they all say. He hasn't. Look at him. That's not what it's about, though, I don't think. Control. Control, and I think... Domination. Maybe. I think more it's no strings attached, and the women that he dates, there's strings attached. You have to be on your best behavior. No tea of the month. No tea. They want the... Yeah, Tina would have taken the tea of the month and been happy about it. Tina would have? (laughs) Yeah. Because, yes, I understand. So uh, there are a couple things I noticed about the letter. In it, she says, I had a cop friend of mine give me your address. That's illegal. Sure is. And then it says, I think you are the right Rochelle in the letter. How many Rochelles are there? Because it's spelled R-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, like Michelle, but with an R. Can you imagine if it's the wrong Rochelle and how awkward that is? That's a weird thing to say. This is a weird, this is a strange You're letter. not 100% sure and you're sending a letter that says you're having sex with this man for money? Why are these letters always bad? The letters never go well. Make sure it's the right Rochelle first. No. So That's Rochelle also tells the police about another suspect. Which I was like, why are there so many suspects? The family said he had no enemies, but the girlfriend has given you like four suspects now. But the family's out of touch. The family doesn't live in the town anymore. They're all in Hollywood. Like, no, yeah. So Rochelle says that one of the suspects is an old flame of Joe's that wasn't over the breakup. She would call and leave vulgar messages on the phone and text him constantly. And she would call him a blankety blank blank and blank we're getting lots of blanks people are very upset yeah and then the other suspect would be another girlfriend of his this would be the one he dated right before rochelle who kept calling and wanting him back and that is trish the ex dance instructor who i said was lovely question does not one person in lubbock handle breakups well here's the problem they are a really enviable couple, right? She is the haughty, like late 40s catch that is suddenly single. Right. With, you know, as Michael Scott would say, a Pilates butt. Like, you know what I'm saying? She's that, she's that woman. And then he is like the most eligible bachelor in town who's tall, a multimillionaire. Let me restate that again. Cardiologist who's about to retire. So is about to go travel the world with you. So these are two people that everyone kind of doesn't like it when people like that get together because it's too, it's like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Was anybody really rooting for them? Not really. No, I think most people were team Jen. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I see what you're saying. Second question, does behavior like incessant calling and texting ever actually work? Does nagging them make them ever want to get back together with you? No, I've done it. <laughs> it doesn't work. It makes them not want to talk to you. And I then, would think it would have the opposite effect. And then it's that thing that at night, when you think about it, you go, 
because oh, you're like, why did I do that? Like, it's just, it seemed like a good idea at the time because you'd rationalized it in your head, but it's never a good idea. But I bet Trish was bummed out. I'd be bummed out if like all of a sudden the guy I'd been dating for on and off for like seven years was dating this like blonde hottie. Trish was the hottie too and a dance instructor. So she's no shab. That's totally true. Like, I thought she was beautiful. I thought so too. But I don't think Trish did this. Well, the, here, let's go to this right now. So Trish says it was two phone calls and two text messages in a period of 10 months. That's pretty reserved. Yeah. And then she says, I don't try it. She's laughing. So that's how she totally thinks it's ridiculous. She's like, I don't try to break people up. And I knew he was with her. So who do we believe? Do we believe Trish? Do we believe Joe lied to Trishelle and made it sound like Trish was calling a lot? Or do we believe that Rochelle is lying about this? I believe that Trish did it. And I think maybe that the two texts and two calls were not great. So they stuck with Rochelle and Rochelle kind of blew it out of proportion. That's what I think. But I think there weren't, I think they're all telling the truth, but they all have different reactions to it, right? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. So police, they look into Trish and this other ex and they don't think it's either of these women. So detectives look at Rochelle. They were having issues apparently because he didn't want to get married. Now, Preston, Philip Prescott, what's his name? Philip Prescott Jackson the fourth. Yes. Says that she was putting the clamps on him to get married and <laughs> made me laugh. He will be Mr. Howell III in about 20 years, if he's, he's not already. He is Mr. Howell III. Right now. Yet tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's time. So police are able to clear Rochelle. So they are out of Leeds. Four days after the murder, it was very fast for them to get out of Leeds, a man calls the police with a crazy tale. This guy, Paul, Paul comes in and says his friend was acting weird and was saying that he had killed these people in a special mission to Grenada, and his mom died, but he kind of helped her along, wink, wink. And he said, all I think about is killing people. I have a list of 40 or 50 people. A couple things about that. I feel like if you had a list, you would probably know the exact number. And I feel like that's too many because... What has your life been like? Because at most, I can think of like four or five. Am I on it? No, rarely. Never. Thank you. That's better. Are the cats? Why? They didn't do anything to you. Never. They're just here. Never. I love them. They're my babes. I can honestly maybe think of like one or two people if I were to have a list, if I was the murderous type. And this friend is like 15 years older than me. So he has 40 or 50 people on his list? He's been wronged often. That's I real or in his head? Good question. Very astute. Thank you. Yeah. So he said, I killed a doctor in Lubbock. And it all sounds very weird, the story, but there's parts of it that stand out. Like I pushed in his window, but it didn't break which is exactly what happened at Joe's house, but the police hadn't released that detail. He said he shot him repeatedly and he used a Gatorade bottle as a silencer. Again, no one could possibly know that. So this guy, Paul, his friend's name is Dave Shepard. Uh -oh. Do we remember the name Dave Shepard, everybody? Uh -oh. 
He's the guy who brought cigars from Mike Dixon, the plastic surgeon, ex-boyfriend, tea of the month guy. Now, as Paul is telling us this story, I couldn't help but notice that in the police interrogation, he is drinking a red beverage that appears to be a Gatorade, which I thought kind of seemed like poor taste. Mm. Unsure if it was Gatorade or a knockoff brand. It's a sports drink of some kind, like a Powerade. It's definitely red and definitely a sports drink of some kind. I could tell by the width of the bottle, the girth of the bottle, if you will. I got a confession. I really don't like those drinks. I will drink it if like there's nothing else to drink, but I really You're not don't trying like- the light ones, like the zero ones, because they I have am. a weird I funky don't taste. like the way they taste. No, the zero ones, Gatorade Zero has a weird taste. No, you Gatorade Normal red. red and Gatorade Normal Green Yellow. I don't like them. I don't know what's happened to me. I think maybe it's because I like like ho- things like Hawaiian fruit punch, which are so when I drink Gatorade, I'm like, this is watered down. Right, it's not sweet enough. Flat Hawaiian punch. Why am I drinking basically this? sugar water? But it's not enough. For it's you. not. It's not enough. Okay, so Paul says there was a love triangle between the two doctors and a girl. Two doctors, one girl, one cup of Gatorade. Stop it. Is Paul in Scrubs? What kind of uniform is Paul? Paul is in Scrubs. He's a nurse in training, I believe, because he has a name tag, one of those clip-on ID tags. Okay. So Paul said something happened that made Dave think he had to avenge Mike. And not only was Mike Dixon going to go along with the plan, he was going to pay Dave to do it. So Paul says Dave Shepard was following Rochelle around at the gym and watching Joe from his yard, hence the camera flash. Why would you flash? Why would you use a flash if you're standing in someone's yard and you like could be mistaken for Bigfoot? When we meet Dave Shepard, it's unclear if he's either very smart or very dumb. So the flash, now that you're pointing it out, makes me think very dumb or was this was a new camera or a new phone feature that he hadn't practiced yet. He left the flash on from a picture he took earlier in the day. And he's like, oh, darn it. And like kind of lumbers away. Yes. And then the good doctor says, oh, that's Squatch. (laughs) That's what what happened. They thought Sasquatch was taking pictures of them because Sasquatch has become more intelligently advanced. Do you remember the OJ episode we did? And they had that photographer, the paparazzi that was hiding in the bushes. Or was it a sniper? Maybe it was a sniper. I think it was a no, sniper. No, it was it's not a sniper. It was a paparazzi. <laughs> Who was covered in every leaf you could find. Like, just a It forest. was a sniper. Yes, it was. It was like a SWAT team guy. <laughs> it was, looked like all green, like Oscar the Grouch, just like with leaves blowing in the wind. And that's what Dave should have dressed up as if he was going to go in the yard. They don't make costumes in Dave's size like that. They don't. He's they just go to the big and tall leaf store. Yeah, they, exactly. don't they don't have that. Trademark, Marketing Kimberly. It's a trademark. Is there a market for it? So this state line has really reminded me that if you've ever broken up with someone, you're not safe anymore. Any one of your exes could be sending their weird doofus friend to stand outside your house in a ill-fitting, too small for them, leaf costume with a flashlight. This is why I won't date because I'm too scared of murderous exes. But I can now that I have Simply Safe. There we go. 
Simply Safe gives you an arsenal of sensors and cameras tailored specifically for your house. And professional monitoring keeps watch ready to send emergency services if they're needed. You can set up Simply Safe products in under an hour. Took me half an hour? I think it took Katie half an hour. We're above the head of the curve. Yes, but I had help. So oh. eh. I took I live alone, which is why I need it really badly. I took the sensors that monitor the doors and when the windows are open and closed and you peel and stick them, which is good because the only tools I know are the dumb killers on Dateline. I set up the camera and motion sensors. And when I leave my place, I can go onto my phone on the app and check what's happening. Of course, if I ever see someone staring back at the camera, I will most likely have an accident, but I will have that person on camera. So the best part of Simply Safe is there's no contract, no salesperson trying to make you buy more than what you need. There's no hidden fees, and it starts at only $15 a month, which for me is so reasonable because feeling safe for me is priceless. And it's $15 a month, especially with all the true crime I watch. Sometimes I, I don't rest so easy at night. It's really a great investment. It is. So head to simplysafe.com forward slash date dateline to get a free HD camera just for our listeners. That's simply safe. It's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com forward slash date dateline and let them know that a date with dateline sent you. Because shouldn't your newest investment be peace of mind? I like it. You do? I do. Okay. We've had a few. We're trying them out still. We're still trying to come up with like the perfect one. Simply the safest. That's it. No, that I don't think that was it. But yes, it was. Simply the safe. Better than or I am so safe now. Something. I don't remember. It was really <laughs> good. It was great. Because I tried to steal it for something else and got caught. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Thank you, Simply Safe. We love having you. Makes us feel safe. Thank you, Simply Safe. Check them out, guys. So someone else had seen this creepy guy spying. The owner of the dance studio that Joe danced at, which is called D apostrophe venue. D venue. D venue. D venue. D venue. Where Rochelle and Joe would dance. And the owner saw this tall guy in the parking lot. So she's explaining to Dateline she would go outside and smoke breaks and she would see this guy. Are we going to talk about her B-roll? Yeah, during B-roll Bonanza. Okay, I can't wait. How many times did she see him? She made it sound like she saw him a few times. And then Rochelle saw him at the gym. But nobody called the police? Right, people are just seeing this creepy guy around town. And should we mention, he's well over 300 pounds and well over six feet tall. He's 6'5 and 380 pounds. Okay, so he's almost 400 pounds and he's 6'5. If you thought I was being rude about squatch jokes, now take it back. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul tells the cops that Mike Dixon offered Dave Shepard three bars of silver to do the hit job. For his pirate ship? Why was he offering? Did he run all out of gold doubloons? I'll give you three bars of my finest silver. What is that? I don't... Eland lubber. So they go and they arrest Mike Dixon and Dan Shepard, and neither will talk without lawyers. Dr. Dixon is a well-respected doctor. He even had his own talk show, which looked very much like a cable access show, but still, good for him. 
I'm sorry. He looked like he was a guest on that show. I, was that his own show? Because that looked like a guest spot. He 100% looked like he was being interviewed, but Dateline said he had his own show. So... In the little notes? In the twi- in the Twitter? No, on the voiceover. Okay. I feel like that's a mistake. I don't... Dateline rarely makes mistakes. It did look like he was being interviewed by, by it someone. It seems like maybe he was on a show about medicine in the area, and he had been on multiple times. Maybe. A reoccurring guest star. But the background was like a wall. It was, or in someone's basement. It was like the Wayne's World talk show. Yeah, because the next group comes in and it's like Granny Robics. It's got to be useful for multiple things. Yes. So Paul says that Dave can be bombastic, pompous, arrogant, obnoxious. Why are you friends with him, Paul? These are his best qualities? Not only that... Dave Shepard would make up jobs for himself. At one point or another, he claimed to be a PI. Huge problem with that because you're like eight feet tall and every person that you've spied on has seen you. You've been spotted. Yeah, it's not great. Good luck with that PI career. At one point, he said he was a sheriff's deputy and carried what appeared to be either a fake badge or a stolen badge. I would like to know if it was fake or if it was stolen. Was it fake like a plastic star that you would get from a Burger King kid's meal? No, I'm sure it was a step up from that, but I bet it was like, you know, tin, like really thin. (laughs) Is he Dwight? He's a little Dwight. From the office? Yeah, I could see that. I could see him having throwing stars, like for no reason, but just to have them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Andrea said he was full of you-know-what. And I was like, say it, Andrea. Say it. Say the bad word. Keith gave us a flying F. You could give us the SH word, but you won't because then you wouldn't be you, would you? So Dave tried to act like he had a lot of money, but he didn't. He'd walk into the strip club like he's big pimping, spending G's, but really he's just a scrub hopping on the side of my best friend's ride. He's small tripping. I've got fleas. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah, it's okay. good. good. He met Dixon and they bonded over their divorces. Side note, who was married to Dave Shepard and where is her Dateline episode? Who married the fake sheriff? Do you think that he was actually married or was just maybe this he was married on the computer? Like she was in a different country and never came I think over. he was really married and she got fed up of having to polish his fake badge. I'm going to say this because it's the truth. There's someone out there for everyone. 100%. Period. So they bonded over their divorces and their love of cigars and their love of strip clubs. Paul thinks that Shepard was obsessed with Dixon, thought he was too cool and wanted to impress him. Well, yeah. Dixon has a job and it is being a doctor. And Shepard has failed at every job he's ever had. It's looking at women's bodies all day, too. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? For someone like... That loves strip clubs. He's like, oh, he has the best job in the world. He gets to look at chicks all day. Right. Except that's not how Dave talks. And we're going to get to how Dave talks. A friend of both of the men. Again, I want to know who is friends with both of these guys. With each other. No, I think it's... There's a third party guy. Dixon has money. Yes, Dixon. No, I'm not saying who's not friends with Dixon. I'm saying who's friends with Shepard and Dixon, which they don't run in the same circles, except they 
run in this cigar club, stripper club circle, I guess. So they have another mutual friend there. He says he saw the deadbeat and the doctor. Loved that, Andrea. Loved it. Kind of like the prince and the pauper. At a strip club called Cassidy's Polo Club. Because Polo Club is slang for strip club? I feel like I've seen that before. Cut and ride it. My pony. My saddles. Wait in. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. There we go. And Butler's Martini Bar. So they became partners, Dixon and Shepard, off of an idea Shepard had with allergy testing in medical offices. Because if you want to get into business with anyone where people's health is concerned, it's Dave Shepard. What could go wrong? It's very strange. Andrew, who is Dr. Mike Dixon's son, is shocked by this murder accusation, doesn't believe his dad would do it at all. I don't feel like Andrew knows what his dad's recreational hobbies are. After a few months in jail, Dave Shepard decides to talk and he cuts a deal. They said, did you talk about your relationship with Mike Dixon? And he says, well, yes, yes, sir, we did, like gentlemen do. So at this point, I realize no one's going to get this. The five people who still watch The Walking Dead are going to get that he talks just like Eugene. He throws in a lot of big words and tries to sound like a genteel Southern man. He's like a poser in every aspect of his life. I kind of can't handle it. It makes me really uncomfortable. I didn't know if the voice was put upon too, because he never lets it down, ever. Yeah, I think it's put upon. Do you you not think he's trained it over many years to be like that? Yes, and I think he can turn it off. Do you think he talks like that in prison? (laughs) Because I don't think so. Excuse me, my good sir, I would love to exchange this bag of pretzels I have of the rolled gold variety (laughs) for a half of that Hershey's chocolate bar that you have sitting on your desk. This weather gives me the horribles. (laughs) So he says, yes, we talk about our relationships like gentlemen do. They schemed to break up Rochelle and Joe. That was where it all started when they first started talking about the relationship. The first idea of Dave, Dave Shepard, this makes me think you're right that the accent is put upon because his first idea is that they should order gay porn and send it to Joe's office. You came up with that really fast, Mr. Shepard. I just think it's dumb. I think it's like so. It's really stupid. Beavis and Butthead. Dumb. It's high school. It's high school. Yeah. Also, how is that going to break up him and Rochelle? It's not. It's going to make his staff very uncomfortable that he's getting porn delivered to the office of a medical practice. Any porn. It doesn't matter that it's gay. Right. <laughs> It's just that it's a medical office. Yeah, they just really wanted to embarrass him at this point, And then they could chuckle like little schoolboys. I'm sorry. At this point, we need to go back. When does Dixon get his new girlfriend? Right. Great point. Okay. So the next plan was they were going to hire a woman they knew from a gentleman's club. Why does the word gentleman have so many variations of what it means that's a really good question we'll never know yeah why can it mean that thing and then the opposite of that so they wanted this woman who comes on dateline 
and we think might be Tina. She says, she's talking to Andrea, and she says that she was supposed to call Rochelle and pretend to be having sex with Joe for money. But she says no. So she's not Tina. But it makes you think that they did go ahead with that plan. They either wrote the letter themselves, maybe with their left hand, or got somebody, a teenage girl or boy, because it looks like someone who's just learning cursive, to write it. And they went ahead with that plan. Can I make a suggestion that Dateline maybe either erased or like cut or didn't leave in? That the next question that Andrea asks is, okay, did you write the letter? Oh, I mean, she made it. Yeah, that's a good point. So because she very clearly says, well, I didn't want to call him and he didn't bring that up again. Okay, did he bring up a letter? Gotcha. I feel like they cut that because they would have let if she had said yes, that she did write the letter, they would have revealed that that she was Tina. Don't you think? How many girls do you think that he could have asked to do that? Well, they sounds like they literally went to strip clubs multiple nights a week. So I think they knew all the girls. So maybe they asked a couple. Okay. All you have to do is make up some story of why it has, or you say it's a joke. It's a practical joke. We're playing on a friend. Find a high schooler who's working at Taco Bell and say, hey, do you want 50 bucks to write this letter real quick? Here's what you need to write. I need it in a girl's handwriting. Mm-hmm. Hence the hearts over the eyes and the cursive and the lined paper from the school notebook. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So Dixon sent Shepard to spy on Rochelle and her paramour, Dr. Sonier. There we go. Eventually, all of this led to a plan of murder. So Shepard went to Joe's house and he waited in the backyard for three hours. After three hours, Joe came home, saw him in the backyard and rapped on the window when he saw him. Dave Shepard at this point waves at Joe like... Hey, neighbor, and walks up towards the window. Joe lowers the window so they could talk, and Joe could say, why are you in my backyard? And Shepard shoots, but Joe runs into the garage. So Shepard pushes in the window, goes into the house, rushes into the garage, and finds him not breathing. So he realized he had hit him at that point. And then for some unknown reason to anyone he then stabs him 11 times. In the major organs. Yeah. To make sure that he bleeds out and he's dead. No, he says, I found him not breathing. I checked his pulse to see that he wasn't breathing. And then he stabbed him. So he's just a psychopath. Correct. That's what I think. Okay. This was his big shot to finally get off a kill from his kill list. Besides his mom. I don't understand this part about the window. What is he doing? He's crouched down and camouflaged like a rock. And then here's a rap on the window and realizes that he's not being a convincing rock. No, I think he was literally just hanging out in the backyard for like three hours. Like smoking a cigar on the porch. Okay. And so then he stands up. But now wouldn't the good doctor see this giant person and be like, why would you open the window? I think it was the wave. First of all, it's a really nice neighborhood. So you see a guy in the maybe the middle of the day when it's bright out and he's in your backyard and he waves at you and it's a nice neighborhood. Yeah, maybe he thinks you need help. Or I would think, oh, that must be like he's lost and he was like 
trying to visit his parents or something and they live next door, you know, like because the wave really is diabolical to me. No murder is going to like wave at you first. So that really puts your guard down. And then you go into polite mode. You go into like helpful neighbor mode. Like right. Hospitality mode. Uh huh. Also, the pushing in of the window is a bit like the Hulk or the Kool-Aid man, right? That he like pushes a hole through the wall instead of breaking the window that... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, either A, those are cheap windows. That kind of weirded me out that the window just fell up in. And you know what? This is Texas. They have hurricanes. So I bet those are not cheap windows. It just went in. It was like this clean line. Maybe it's the frame that is cheap, but that can't withstand a hurricane if Dave Shepard can just push it in. Also, why didn't it shatter? Wrongful suit. From the family. I think that there's a case there. Just I love it. That would be the second date line involving a lawful suit about the cheapness of windows. There we go. So toss he goes, flees the scene, tosses the gun in a lake. The police take Shepard to the lake and he says, gentlemen, I'll try to give you my best recollection of where it would be. Wow. So he takes a rock and he throws it. Very impressively. Underhand. Yeah, underhand. And he says, right about there is my best approximation of where it would have landed. It's <laughs> something really like that. spooky it's... psychopath stuff to have him talk like so polite and he's in like full Hannibal chains. Like uh-huh. I, I don't, mm-hmm. it's not good. And he's just so giant that I am scared. Yeah. But the part of me, but here, but the most impressive part to me is that they find the gun right where the rock is, like a couple feet away. So part of me thinks that if he weren't such a horrible murderer, he could work for cops in like recreating crimes or blood spatter analysis or something because it's he's very precise the way he does it and I think might be quite smart. Andrea said that he's full of it, but I think what he might be full of is low self-esteem. You know where he can get some help? Better help. You nailed it. I knew it. Are you such a screw up that you're even getting fired from pretend jobs that you made up? Like when you were deputy sheriff and were forced to turn in your plastic badge that you got from Burger King. Then it's safe to say that you have some issues. Better help may be the answer. BetterHelp offers therapy with a licensed professional therapist in the privacy of your home. You can start communicating with someone in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone call sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, relationships. Maybe you have a kill list of 40 or 50 people. That might be indicative that you have an anger problem. BetterHelp is easy. It's totally affordable. It is confidential. It won't even cost you one of your bars of silver or gold doubloons. So what are you waiting for? We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Dateline. Because we could all use a little better. Help. On a side note, the day we are recording this is World Mental Health Awareness Day or something like that. 
So it's a perfect day to be talking about BetterHelp. And it's the perfect time to get yourself some. If you've been thinking about it, maybe now's the time. Check them out, guys. Yes, exactly. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp. We love you. Wow. I just felt so much more open to expressing my feelings because therapy. There we go. There you go. Thank you, BetterHelp. So Dr. Dixon, he is not cutting a deal. He says he has nothing to do with this. He wants to go to trial. I'm sorry, really quick. So all Shepard got off the table was death penalty, right? Correct. He got life in prison, no death penalty. Got it. What would happen in court would be unbelievable. Yeah. At this point, I was like, you let us decide, Andrea. You're building it up a lot, okay? Let us be the judge of that. The trial starts, and Andrea says, Dave Shepard has one job to do. At my apartment, out loud, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, Roro. It's really, I didn't know what was going to happen. I'll be honest. I was like, wait, what does he do? I thought maybe he stabbed someone. (laughs) Did you think he was going to be violent? No, when she says he has one job to do, and I was like, well, what do we know about Dave Shepard? He's failed at every single job he's ever had. He didn't fail. What did he fail at? All of his business ventures have failed, she said. Every single one. So yes, he does fail. He does fail at every job he's ever, yeah. So I was like, how can he fail at this one? All he has to do is tell the truth and repeat what he said in his police confession. Right. Okay. So he fails. He goes on the stand. And first of all, the detective says he's trying to take the fifth. But I guess (laughs) he at this point has no right to take the fifth. No, he can't, man. Come on. I was laughing so hard when the detective is like, he has no right to take the fifth. I feel like he'd been working on it in prison, too, with like his buddies. And they're like, no, man, take the fifth. Take the fifth. They can't make you. You have rights. No, you signed a plea deal, buddy. Part of it is that you're going to have to testify in trial for the prosecution. Yeah. Yeah, no, you cannot plead the fifth. And he probably said it so proudly. You're right. Like he said, I plead the fifth. And then he looked around at the judge and he's like, right? Am I right? Can I do that? And the judge he is didn't like. say it like that. No. He said, your honor, <laughs> I very humbly plead the fifth amendment of the constitution. In front of these fine gentlemen today in this respectable court of law. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I plead the fifth amendment to the constitution. I most humbly plead the fifth. Counselors, I plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> so then he changed it, starts to change his story. And then the best part that made me laugh even harder. Starts to change his story. <laughs> now, well, he's changed his story from what it was at the, be- what it was supposed to be, what his confession yeah. was. Yeah. And then this is the coup de gras, as Dennis would say. He starts to pretend that he can't hear the question. I can't. (laughs) Oh, my God. How did that look? I really... And then what does the guy say? Because it's the God's honest truth about the cameras in the courtroom. Did you write that down? He said, if there ever were a time to have cameras in a courtroom, it would have been that. It sounds like pandemonium. There there were no cameras. I can't even comprehend like if I was a juror and the guy was first of all being like I humbly would like to take the fifth and they're like you can't take the fifth and he's like but I take the fifth no you cannot take the fifth and then he starts changing his story and then being like what your honor I cannot hear 
I have cirrhosis of the eardrum, <laughs> Your Honor. Just making up words. I cannot even. And then the, the prosecutor is probably like, well, I will speak louder. And Your Honor, may I approach so I can get as loud as possible? And Bond liquor. Like, Our prices have never been lower. <laughs> Ten points for Gryffindor if you get that point. If you get that reference. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favorite. So I was like, Andrea, you said that we would that it would be exciting what happened in the courtroom. And I was like, you did good. You did good, Andrea. You didn't build it up. Did not disappoint because it's just wild. It's so funny. I really wish I was there to see it. His story now in court is that he acted all alone, that Dixon had nothing to do with it. All the prosecutor can do is show the videotape confession where he says the opposite to the jury. But they also, the the defense also has Dave Shepard on camera in jail talking to his daughter on the jailhouse phone saying he did it alone. So at this point, I feel like Dixon offered to give the daughter money, right? To like pay for her college or something for Shepard to say to do it, that he did it alone. I mean, Dixon got to him, obviously. Had to. And he has life in prison. So, and Dixon doesn't have any ties in prison that we know of to like protect him in prison. So, and not that he needs protection, he's huge, but like- it has to be money for his daughter. It doesn't, though. You're forgetting the Dwight Schrute phenomenon. You're forgetting that, like, loyalty bound, this, like, misplaced loyalty. Right, yeah. No, he did worship Dixon. He may just be like, I'm going to do the right thing now. I don't want my friend to experience what I'm experiencing. Like, do you know, like, the ultimate sacrifice? So he's the king of the martyrs. What Mike Dixon would never do for him. No, but he doesn't. That's not even the point. But no, he would never do that for him. No, you're right. It's Michael Scott and Dwight. It's Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute. Yeah. But it's also really dumb of him because he could have gotten money out of Dixon. Also, I think your thing is revoked, isn't it? That was a huge point. A lot of people were bringing that up online. Like, wouldn't he now at least get perjury charges? But it wouldn't matter because they're not going to add any years on his life sentence. They're not going to make a death because of perjury. But you're right. That should impact his deal. So I don't know what's happening with that. So Dixon takes the stand, of course, and he says he did try to break up Rochelle and Joe. He sent Dave Shepard to Joe's house to put up cameras to try to catch him with other women. So let's say you catch him on camera with other women, and then you show the pictures to Rochelle. She's not going to get back together with you. You put cameras in someone's house. They're going to email them to her like they should have done with the letter. Or they're going to slip them in the mailbox like it's the 1930s. Oh, anonymously. Right. It's not a bad idea. It's just not going to work because I don't think the doctors like that. But wouldn't Joe be like, who the F is putting cameras in my house? And wouldn't you, as the girlfriend, also be concerned that there were cameras that Joe didn't know about in his house? I think they're hidden. I think the point was he was supposed to go and be stealthy. And I think... Like many times before, Shepard oversold his goods, and here we are. <laughs> so the defense attorneys say Mike Dixon is only guilty of capital stupidity. Uh-uh. That was good. I like that. I was pretty sure there's more, though, because he just admitted to stalking and spying. So it's not really just stupidity. No, it's definitely stalking. Yeah. The jury can't decide. They are deadlocked. It's a mistrial. 
So Dixon faces a second trial in 2015. The prosecutor decides not to call Dave Shepard this time. No doy. But they didn't know that he was going to do that last time. No, but they're not going to trust him this time. So they instead play his video confession where he says Dixon paid him to do it. And this time they bring in Paul, the friend, who also kind of backs up the story. Why didn't they do that last time? Well, they thought they had Shepard. They had Shepard. Yeah, so he threw it for them. He really did. So they also have Rochelle, and she talks about how mean-spirited Dr. Dixon was and obsessive. And they didn't have Rochelle the first time either. Right. Wow. A few days after the murder, Dr. Dixon erased his phone, like did a hard reset on his phone, and then jumped in the swimming pool with it. But the joke's on him because they're still able to retrieve half the texts. And there's a ton between Shepard and Dixon. Very vague stuff, but also very pointed. Like, gotta happen tomorrow. We're getting down to the wire here. Stick close to him. That could mean things, but it's also not proof of anything. The day after the murder, Dixon says, just had a visit from police. They'll see our texts. Stay calm and lay low. There's no mistaking what that means. But in his defense, he knows that he had been sending Shepard to spy on Joe. And now Joe has wound up murdered. So it would be a concern that he is somehow connected to Joe. My question is, in his world where he didn't know that Shepard was going to do the murder, did Shepard come over after the murder that night and tell him? Or is Dixon going to pretend that the first time he heard about the murder was when the police came? Because then the text would be something like, just heard from the police, WTF, we had a different plan. Why did you go off script? Something like that. I feel like, yes, that should have been the text. But maybe he went over with the cigars and that was supposed to be after the murder. So maybe he had already known and now he's trying to cover his tracks That's why he said the police are going to see our phones. But in his mind, he only wanted him to stalk the guy and not kill the guy. So he already knew about the murder. So he's just telling him, hey, the police came to my house. So he already chewed him out in person. Maybe. You mean he can maybe say that? Yeah, he could definitely say that. Resetting your phone and then jumping in the pool with your clothes on maybe is also not staying calm, Dr. Dixon. Oh, no, I'm sure he didn't jump in the pool with his clothes on, right? I'm sure he made it seem like it was an accident. So, like, someone could see him mess up the phone like it was on purpose. She was walking by and he's like, babe, you knocked me in the pool. Oh, I hope not. I hope he didn't blame her. Where is she, by the way? Where is she? We don't know. How long had they been dating when he decided he wanted the lover of his ex that he was still obsessed with to die? Did he still love Rochelle or was it more about like not getting left for another man? Correct. Number two is the predominant emotion. Okay. So Dixon takes the stand again. He said he wanted Shepard to dig up dirt to make Joe look bad. That's all. The jury finds him guilty. They only take two hours and he gets life in prison. His attorneys think it's just round two of a deep and serious war. So they file an appeal. The prosecutor thinks there's nothing in it to worry about. He doesn't give it a second thought. He's like, there's nothing in it extraordinary. But Dixon's case gets overturned and he'll get a third trial. 
of all the cases. Crazy. Yeah. It does. The two grounds are how the police collected cell phone evidence, which wouldn't affect if he was guilty or not, but I guess it can taint the whole trial, and restrictions of public access to the courtroom. What does that mean? Because it was like a closed thing, and maybe you're supposed to let certain people come view it, and there were too many restrictions. I don't know how that works. I think trials are supposed to be fairly open to the public. Well, I think because then the jury isn't staring at the family members of the victim or the family members of the defendant. And if the entire family for Dr. Joe are there, do you know what I'm saying? It's bias. It biases you anyway. But I think it's more of it being the people's house. That makes a lot more sense than what I just said. So let's go with that. I like that better. I just think you have it because someone said the other day how Obama called the White House the people's house. He didn't call it the White House. He called it the people's house. If anywhere is like the people's house, it should be a courtroom because you're being judged by a jury of your peers. So that maybe the public has a right to sit and watch a trial. I don't know exactly how it works, but they didn't let cameras in the courtroom. Maybe you're supposed to have a certain amount of seats for the public. If there's a big crowd, only a few people get in and maybe they didn't. I don't quite understand that. It doesn't affect his guilt or innocence, though. But again, little things like that contain the whole verdict. So Lubbock files their own appeal to a higher court, which they felt was like a Hail Mary. It was not going to get passed. The higher court takes it and rules in favor of the prosecution and they reinstate Dixon's sentence. So he has to go back to jail in a mask in the middle of a pandemic in quarantine. So he is put back in prison And Andrea is saying the best quote of the whole episode is like, she's like, remarkably, this is still not over. She's like, so overwhelmed. So is this the point that the other episode ends? No, well, it was way before the quarantine happened. So it was. Oh, right. Of course. Or maybe it was when he was first sent to jail. I don't know how many episodes there have been. If there's only been one, then I would guess it was when he would had been first sent to jail. But maybe it was the appeal. And they left us on a huge cliffhanger where he was out of jail. He won his appeal, but they were fighting it. I don't know. That would be a sad ending, though. That would make people upset to know that he was out free. I feel like they like to wait till there's like justice of some sort. Yes, true. I would be very frustrated if we had ended the episode when he had gotten out. Yeah, that would be frustrating. So but right now where it stands is the court could say that he could win another appeal and could go to trial again. So his lawyers are still fighting. His lawyers are very good. Let's be real. They're getting paid a lot too. Yes, and they're very well connected, whoever they are. Was he sentenced to death? Life in prison, yeah. Oh, okay. So he wasn't given to death even though he got two capital murder charges. Yes. Oh, probably because he didn't pull the actual trigger. yeah. Okay. Why is he given two capital murder charges? Any ideas when there was one murder? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. Don't know. I'm sure some law could give us an answer on the jury question. I mean, like, not the jury question, the audience question, public, sitting in the trial. And on that, we will have two questions for you, law. Yeah. Give us a call. Let us know. Ring-a-ding-ding. Law's on the phone, Katie. Hi, law. Blah, 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 blah. Bringing it back. I know we just had it, but I'm bringing it back. (laughs) Time. Everyone, we have a promo for you this week from our friend Esther at Once Upon a Crime. You've 
probably already subscribed to her because she's very popular. She's legitimate. She does like research and things. Excuse you. <laughs> we do recaps. It's just a different skill set. And research occasionally. Research adjacent. I just listened to her most recent one called Ghosts in the Attic. And it sent me into a deep dive on Goog until like two in the morning because I had not heard this case and it was nuts. So highly recommend everyone listen to Once Upon a Crime if you're not already. Leave her a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. She's awesome. Are you looking for another true crime podcast to add to your favorites list? Once Upon a Crime is a weekly scripted true crime podcast that tells the story behind the story of real-life crime. Presented in a storytelling style, Once Upon a Crime takes you deep into each case to discover details you won't hear anywhere else. Every month, a new true crime topic is covered. Killer kids, deadly duos, mass murders, tragic deaths of music superstars are just some of the series covered on Once Upon a Crime. With over 150 episodes to date and new episodes released every Monday, you'll want to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find Once Upon a Crime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and all other podcast apps. Love it. Thank you, Esther. Thank you, Esther. This episode is dedicated to our Patreons, Lisa and Lonnie, who don't know each other, I believe, but they're both from the Lone Star State. Oh, this one's for you. My question for you, ladies. Do you know Shepard? Do you know Shepard? When he was deputy sheriff, <laughs> did you see him walking around town with his shiny star on? Assistant to the deputy, deputy sheriff. <laughs> have you ever driven someone so mad by breaking up with them that they have gone on to do something terrible or started a kill list? That is an incredibly personal question. Is that a common thing in Lubbock that just Lubbock people don't get over their exes? Or is it Lubbock or leave it? It's one of my titles, but I felt like it was appropriate to use it early. It's perfect. Lisa and Lonnie love it. They love it. Good job. You did it. So thank you, ladies. We so appreciate you. I hope that you reach out to each other. Wouldn't that be nice if they became friends? Lone Star State? You are just trying to match up friends all over the world. But Lisa and Lonnie specifically, I hope you guys uh, do become friends because you're our friend. And thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Everything is bigger in Texas. And so is our... And so are friendships. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. L&L from K&K. We love you. Stop trying to make Lubbock work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, B-roll bonanza. A lot of dancing. Yeah, lots of dancing. Ballroom dancing. Loved it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the dancing. I enjoyed whatever that 70s night when he's in like the ruffled tuxedo shirt. I thought that was cool. Also, his house was beautiful. Oh my God, was it ever. Mm -hmm. It was stunning. Also, did you notice there was a lot of mini malls in this one? So many strip malls. So many. Speaking of, we can now talk about the B-roll of the dance studio owner. Because she was vaping behind the trucks? I thought it was adorable because she doesn't want people to know that she smokes. She is my people, and I would have been friends with her in high school. Our listener, Anna, said, nothing will get away the bad taste of murder by the owner vaping on a Dateline episode outside of the place of business. I would like to guess what flavor she was vaping. And if I had to guess, I think blackberry vanilla. Okay. A fruit mixed with a sweet okay. is my guess. I don't think she's like a menthol girl. I think she's like a fun flavors that are not sold anymore. Just let me throw this at you. Okay. 
So you are featured on Dateline. You own a place of business. You own a dance studio that's called Devenue. Devenue. It is in a strip mall. It is also perhaps adjacent to an industrial park of some sort. Okay. Industrial park adjacent is how you word that. But yes. One of the patrons of your dance studio who was there multiple times a week got all the ladies up on the floor. She said he was a huge attraction there. Everyone knew him. He was murdered. And now you're going to be on Dateline about it, where Dateline keeps zooming in on the name of your business. You need to do whatever you can to get those positive Yelp reviews. So you... Are you thinking that this is a kissing a dog situation? <laughs> you... That this was a moment of a bad decision? I think this was a bad decision. Do you think she didn't know that Dateline maybe was filming her at that moment when she was vaping? I think they had filmed multiple things and kind of hoped they wouldn't use that one. And that's the exact one that she used and then had to explain to her dad what that was. Right, right. Because he thought she was smoking drugs. Right. And she was like, no, that is not what a crack pipe looks like. And he was like, you're a crackhead. No, I'm not, dad. Where did you start smoking? So it's a mess. Well, I'm way more worried about the familial ramifications. It's very rare that we see someone on Dateline, A, smoking. No, yeah. B, smoking a vape. Right. Shocking. The weird thing is she could have just said taking my smoke break behind the truck because everybody that either smokes or used to smoke knows about hiding behind things to smoke. So I feel like she very easily could have just said it and not brought the apparatus out. They wouldn't have used it. They wouldn't have filmed her. Why didn't she just say I was outside taking a break? That makes me think she totally knew she was being filmed. Okay, well, then I have a whole other set of questions for her, but we don't have enough time in the show to even get into it. Okay, so we're going to take theories on social media, please. Again, no shame. And I wish her the best in her journey. It's a strange choice. I feel like she could have very easily just said, I'm taking a break. And I saw this guy because the point of the story was the guy. But instead, everyone's focus became the giant vape thing in her hand. Because it's so rare that you just don't see it, especially as intercut with Dateline zooming in on the logo of her business. Come to my dance hall that's in a strip mall and the owner is outside vaping in next to a truck. It would not dissuade me. It wouldn't. I'm not trying to say I would not go. I don't want to go to a super fancy dance hall. But inside looked lovely. I will say when she's sitting inside, she's sitting behind very nice desk in the lobby and there's big thing of flowers behind her. It looked very nice. I would have loved to see more B-roll of her dancing and less of her out in the parking lot. Yeah. Because she seemed like a good dancer. We get to see like hazy footage Mm -hmm. for a couple seconds. Would have been, Mm -hmm. yeah, agreed. Brands unhappy being on Dateline are now associated with murder. The Lemongrass Diner, that diner in that mini mall. That's where he said he was with his girlfriend who he didn't like very much. So many mini malls. All strip malls, mini malls, for sure. Does Texas have good sushi? On King of the Hill, it didn't. They had a whole episode how everything was like in the freezer. He had to defrost it. I don't know enough about Texas. That was like 20 years ago. I'm sure it has good sushi now. I don't know. Guys, let us know. I don't know if they have good sushi. I think every place has good sushi and bad sushi, right? Yeah. Also, where are the Sonier family at? Where are they? Are they in Vegas? What is that room with the gold and the blue? I don't know. It looked like Miss Deborah Tipton's foyer. I felt like it might be in an interior decorating showroom. Is that where they are? It might be Preston Presswood's house. Does Preston Ascot Preston? Does he 
own an interior design firm. Yeah. Does he wear tasseled loafers? Yeah. And ascots. Mm -hmm. I think he toned it down for us. I hope everyone noticed how elaborately he's dressed. It's very exciting. It's unusual for Dateline. I was into it. Oh, I was here for it. I want him to be my friend. But he would be a mean friend, kind of. Like a sassy mean friend. Like he would dress down what I was wearing all the time. Yeah, I think you'd like get tired of it. I probably would. I have a really important question for this episode, which is the reason that I think that Shepard is not smart is because he didn't make it look like a burglary. Did he think that somehow they would think it was someone else because they hadn't laid any groundwork for someone else to be framed? Yeah, I mean, he didn't steal anything. Right. He pushed in the window. The body was the definition of overkill. Right. So who were they trying to set up for this? I don't think anyone. So... They just thought the police somehow wouldn't get to them. Of course they're going to get... There's no one else, man. The thing is, though, Rochelle did have, like, several suspects that it could be. I don't feel like they would have gotten caught if Paul hadn't come forward. If Paul hadn't come forward to talk about Shepard and how weird he was acting and the things he was saying, Shepard got himself caught by talking to Paul. So he got himself caught by talking Look, I feel like the one thing that is really good in Dixon's favor is that what the son said when he said, my dad is very smart. It's also something that she says in her first interview with the police about how smart Dixon is. They said, can you tell us about him? Well, he's very, very smart. That was her first descriptor she used of him. And the son also said that he was really smart. I just don't think that he would have that willy nilly of a plan. So the one thing that I think looks good that he didn't actually tell Shepard to do it, and Shepard did it out of this Dwight Schrute overkill sense of, I'm this good of a friend that I'm just going to take him out for you. And then all of a sudden, Dixon's like, oh my gosh, man. Right. Like, and then was spending this time trying to cover it up because he was afraid it would lead back to him. I don't think that he would give him silver bars that are really easily traceable, that it would be like, where else did he get these? I don't think that he would have set it up in a way that Shepard was supposed to take something. Like, he would have had a better plan for the murder. And I don't think Shepard was supposed to stab him 11 times after shooting him. Immediately, the police are going to go, it's personal. Do you think there's any chance that Dixon is kind of innocent on this? The reason I don't think so is because Shepard, although Shepard's kind of a liar, he lies about a lot of things, but he did tell Paul that he was getting paid to do it. But kind of, he kind of, Paul kind of said something had happened that made Shepard feel like he had to take revenge. That's what Paul said. The silver bars came in later. And so the silver bars were payment for the spying and putting up cameras, although he never put cameras. I think the silver bars were like a PI payment, because remember, he had told the girl that he was like a PI sometimes. I think the silver bars were something that like, seems like Shepard would be very into things like that. A coin collector. Yeah. Right. Because it's not a lot of money. It's $9,000. It's only $3,000 a bar. Right. But to Shepard, who fails at everything. But it's almost not enough for a hitman. Based on Dixon's salary. But we don't usually go by based on the hirer salary. It's usually based on the area or the hitman themselves person. Like how poor and desperate are they? But do you think there's any way that maybe Dixon is innocent and this just all looks really, really bad? And that's how he keeps getting these appeals and stuff? Because a lot of this is just him 
then trying to cover up something awful that was a horrible mistake. And boy, did he put his trust in the wrong person. Maybe. How can I state this? There's someone who sends dog whistles to groups without actually telling them exactly what they want them to do, but maybe implying that certain things would be better if something happened. And then those people actually try to do something very recently. But they're not being explicitly told to. They're not being not told to. They're being groomed in a way. Because we've seen it on other datelines where a woman is dating a guy. We just had it with the girl who we felt like she didn't maybe tell her brother to have her ex-husband killed, but she maybe heavily leaned on that idea. And didn't poo-poo it heavily when it was suggested as a joke. That was not a joke. It was not a joke. And it actually happened. Is she then not guilty? What is it? Is it your words that matter more? Or is it... What is the level of responsibility? Exactly. What is the level of... Exactly. What is your level of responsibility? And I don't know the answer logistically, or I don't know the answer ethically or the answer in a court of law. I know the answer ethically. You're right. I know the answer ethically. I don't know the answer in the court of law. Because we can all draw a line from A to B to C. Right. What is chain of causation? Does that imply at all? Because I heard that phrase the other day. Is that a Fleetwood Mac song? (laughs) And if you don't love me now, you will never love me again. I can still hear you saying we will never break the the chain chain of causation. causation. Trademark. No, we can't. Damn it. It's already trademarked. Okay. All right. I had did have actually alternative theory if we're there yet. Gee, I know you had other stuff. What else did you have? No, I'm ready. Alternative theory. Let's do it. Why are we not looking into the fact? I feel like it is very not smart to overlook the fact that the mother was murdered two years to the day before the father is murdered. And we're looking at no one in the family or family friends that had an axe to grind. Preston, William, Scott, I don't know what the rest of the Because we know what happened. Well, you told me off camera what happened to the person who killed the mom. So that door is kind of closed. Yeah. I wish I didn't know that because it would have been a better alternative Well, I assumed that a person was in jail because we knew who it was. It was her ex or her husband at the time. Katie later informed me that he is also now dead. So we know it's not him. But is there a ripple effect from that murder? that would cause a family member to have a grudge against Joe. Joe was left by this woman. He didn't really have anything to do with her at the time of the murder, I don't think. Is it possible Preston, who's a family friend? Right. That's what I was saying. He was kind of raised by him, by Joe. But also kind of hated them because he was never really a part. (laughs) Or someone is trying to get to the family diamonds. And so they're just taking off the parents one by one. Did Joe have life insurance? Who was it going towards? The children. But those children all had trust. Was Rochelle getting anything? Are we sure Rochelle had nothing to do with it? Yeah, Rochelle had nothing to do with it. Because Rochelle was putting out the suspects, although the first one she put was Mike Dixon. What about Paul? What if Paul somehow... Okay, so one thing I left out is... Paul, the guy who came forward? Yeah, Dave Shepard, when he says, oh, I met Rochelle a couple times, smoking hot. So everyone who met Rochelle loved her. 
what if Paul somehow met Michelle, wanted her for himself, got Shepard to do it? Doesn't really make sense. No, but I, I like the way your mind thinks. I'd like to bring out an outside person and say, maybe they did it. And then blindly accuse them with no evidence. He was really kind of the hero of the episode, though. He's kind of the MVP, I have to say. It's the only reason they caught him. Yeah, he's the MVP for sure, right? Yeah. Okay. Wait, I did have a quote. Okay, we got the D word. It was Andrea in voiceover. Obsession turned creepy into downright diabolical. <gasps> How did I miss that? I don't know. How did you miss it? How did I miss that? I don't know. I feel like I have trained myself to hear diabolical. That's crazy. Okay, the policeman in this said, there's one rule about murder. It's someone somewhere knows something. That's not the one thing we know about murder. That stuck out to me too, because I was like- You didn't, why didn't you bring that up? I was waiting for you. Like, that. that's not true, is it? Is that the is one it? rule of murder? That's not the one, that's a rule. But it's not the one true, it's not the one ring to rule them all. That's not the main rule. The thing that's so funny about the way he said it is like it can take, he makes it sound like it can take decades, but someone will eventually come forward with truth. We don't have to work that hard. Paul came forward after four days after the murder with the information. Yeah, that's totally true. I thought that was funny. Maybe it is the one rule. I don't know. I just haven't heard it enough for it to be the one rule. It's not the one rule. We're not dumb. I don't think that's the one rule. I'm going to call Joe Kenda, see what he says the one rule is. Please call Joe. Just do you have his number? Do you need his new number? <laughs> oh, yeah, you probably. Yeah, it's on my old phone that I, I have jumped in the pool with my old phone. So, um, <laughs> okay, titles. I'm ready. Hit me. What you got? Dancing with the devil, except no, none of them were dancing. No, that was good. I had dance with death because technically she's the reason he died. But also the 2020 is called something about dancing with. Oh, Texas Tango. Oh, that's great. Texas Trio just came up with. That's great, too. What are you doing? Alliteration. Spill the tea of the month club because Paul came in and spilled the tea. Gatorade of the month club. Oh, boy. No, thanks. This is only for Seinfeld people. Rochelle Rochelle, the musical. Oh, that's good. A young girl's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. That's what it's <laughs> called on the show. I know that. I know that one. That's all I have. What about the good doctor and the bad? Mm -hmm. And then I gave my other one, Lubbock and leave, it, leave the verdict the hell alone, was my other one. And then what rich hell is this? <laughs> Instead of what fresh hell? I like it. I really like that one. Good. Yeah. I tried really. I tried really hard. Thank you, everybody, so much. Before we leave, we've got to remind you, please check out A Date with the Bake. Our latest and greatest podcast, we're in season two right now for the eighth season of the Great British Baking Show slash Great British Bake Off. Even if you don't like the show or have never watched the show, it's mostly just us talking and pretending like we know about baking and talking about dumb stuff. So I think you might enjoy it. Yeah. And we also have been tempered a little bit by a lovely addition of a third co-host. Much like tempered chocolate. Oh, that was good. But at this point, honestly, like it's such a such a little wee little podcast. Even if you aren't going to listen, I would just ask that you subscribe to it on your phone anyways. Can I ask them to do that? Is that shameless? If you guys could do that, that would be great. Yeah. And give us an Apple podcast review. Just pretend that you've listened and that it was funny. That would be, unlike Tea of the Month, a really good present. Yes. Yeah. But you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook 
and online at datewithdateline.com. And then our Instagram handle is datedateline, same as Twitter. But our new um, one for the podcast for A Date with the Bake is A Date with the Bake on Instagram. That's just confusing. Was Date with Bake taken? No, it's just because Date Dateline always confuses people because they search for A Date with Dateline. But A Date with Dateline was too long. But A Date with the Bake is actually short enough to fit. I think that's how it works. I don't remember how it, I don't, it made sense in my head when I was doing it. I can't say anything because I didn't do it. You did the work and I would have, I remember struggling with the other things. So don't worry about it. So check us out and please leave us a five-star review on Apple. If you haven't already, it really helps us out more than you think. Thank you very much, Lisa and Lonnie for being Patreons and everyone else. If from the Lone Star State. If you would like to be become a Patreon, we'd love it. At our $10 level, we have a live stream that's very exciting. And this month's will be extra spooky because it's Halloween. And there might be costumes. There will be costumes. If I can get the cats in costumes, I'm going to try my darndest. I'm taking suggestions on that too. People have like good cat suggestions. Because it's got to be like something they can get in really fast. And it's like a one piece that's... I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like my costume is going to be not great. So I need them to be extra cute. I don't know if I have anything available for a costume. So it's going to be all cats. I have some old outfits that Griffy used to wear that might fit some of the cats. Oh, would you want to bequeath one to the bubs? I'll give it back to you. I'll try to get him to not throw up on That's it. That's fine. It's the best I can offer. He's not using them anymore. Oh, they'll go to a good home. That's good. See, you pass on the love and they'll have good memories. And maybe they won't. They'll let me put it on them. But I think maybe it'll just be cats in costume. Oh, not us in costume? I'm going to try. I don't. I'm going to try. And maybe I can order something on Amazon. And for the $5 level, you get an extra episode a month. That's usually pretty good. Oh, it's always good. Yeah, I really like the Patreon. Episode. Also, I just posted a funny video of a very embarrassing injury that I had because I decided I'm just randomly going to start videotaping myself and then see if people like it. And then if they do, I was going to ask Katie to start taping herself, but I don't know if she will. Doing what? Just anything. Your day. Talking about dumb stuff. Oh, I don't. I didn't think she'd be into it. Do you want to do you want to open that floodgate? Does anyone want to see like what my mind does during? I don't think so. I feel like we're going to lose Patreon. We'll, we'll watch the numbers. We'll see how that works. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much, you guys. And? Wear a mask. Make sure you're registered to vote. Be nice to each other. And still probably watch alone. Yes. For a minute. Thank you very much. I don't have anything clever to say. We are Lone Star obsessed with all of you. Oh, that's beautiful. Bye, everybody. Bye. That was cute. Now, I did think of a great slogan for an online tea monthly service that I wanted to share with you. What if it was, I got this gift certificate for you because you are so pretty, trademark. How much time did you spend on that? About seven seconds. Okay. Good. Are you impressed? Because it's so good for seven seconds. <laughs> no. Pretty. Did you see that T is spelled T-E? Yeah. Uh-huh. You're right. There. The truth is his version, her version. And the actual truth, right? Isn't that what they say? His version, her version, and something in between? That's not a thing. Did I make that up? No, there's always, there's three versions of the truth, I think. that What really happened, their version and your version? Something like that. Okay. Let's go with that. A man calls the police with a crazy tale. This guy, Paul, comes in. He's got a in. tail? Just kidding. I'm sorry. That's it. That's it.
he can get it removed. Science just isn't quite there yet with the technology. There's a blood vessel that's running right close to it. I, I really like Starburst, though. I have a pack of Reds. You can buy just the Reds, you know. Public service announcement. Pay attention, everyone. You can get packs of just the Reds. Now available at your local Rite Aid. They're delightful. Just, like, put, like, three in your pocket if you're going to go out for, like, a few hours. Three? Absolutely not. Those are gone. It's like a really, it's a nice little treat. Those are only great if you forget that they're there. But if you know that you have three, (laughs) the rationing is not going to happen. I'm like, I just, I can't. I've done that before with candy where I'm like, okay, I'm only taking 12. And then I'll leave the, no, they're gone in the first, like, the minute I sit down in the car. Goodbye. They're done. (laughs) All right. I was just like, oh, we're still going to do this. Like, let's just let this one go gentlemen can we not just like let this fish fry whatever the expression throw this one back in the water whatever the expression is don't steamroll just kidding you weren't steamrolling i just forgot would a fly drown in this because there's so much sugar i want there to be so much sugar that the fly will float like in the the red sea like if it was salt i shouldn't have admitted that i just bought the nastiest thing at the store. What'd you buy? Instant powdered drink stuff. Oh, sometimes those are good. Wait, wait for it. Oh, barf. I can't. Not Crystal Light, something like that. Not even Kool-Aid. Starburst flavored. Not good though? Delicious. Very unhealthy. I don't know what's in it. They have a red, the fruit punch one, and they have a the light pink, the strawberry flavor Starburst. Does it taste like Starburst? Yeah. Why is that a bad thing? I don't it's know why It made you're... my mouth pucker. It kind of was not quenching my thirst because it was almost too sugary. Oh, because there's stuff in there. That's... But it's not, it's all aspartame. There's not a lot of sugar in it. I don't think you're allowed to have one every day. I don't know if I'll have more than one thing or I might just toss the packet. I really was just so curious and they were like 25 cents or something. So I wanted to try because I love Starburst. I, the red flavored. 